0: Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Folk, good evening once again. Good to be in the house of the Lord to worship and praise the Lord together. As you know, we're doing a series called By My Spirit, and we'll have a look at some of the encounters uh, in the book of Acts after the The Holy Spirit comes upon the people. In this particular uh, passage this evening, it's about uh, the first miracle after Jesus had promised the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And uh, as they gather with the people, we see that the Holy Spirit is with them. And we see the first miracle performed uh, after Pentecost. It's a miracle of healing and it's different from those faith healers uh, that we see today, often on television, where it's all about them or the person being healed. Uh, here, uh, it's all about Jesus and the name and power of Jesus. Let's listen to, to Mike Graham read uh, the
1: passage for tonight, please. A reading from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Thank you, Mike.
0: Folks, I want to have a look at this passage and just see what we can learn from it. I think, firstly, uh, we see the lame man's misery. Here is a man who uh, is at the age of 40. He'd been uh, born lame all his life. And so probably the first 10, 15, 20 years of his life, been looked after by his parents. And then after that, each day, apart from the Sabbath, being carried by one of his friends to the temple gate, called beautiful, ironic. And he's placed in front of this temple gate. And uh, I just worked out roughly, for the last 20 years, that uh, apart from the Sabbath, that's about 6,260 days. Um, And a thousand and forty on the Sabbath days That he wouldn't have come But over six thousand days Every single day He would be picked up by some of his mates Be carried outside and put at that temple gate He was a fixture of Jerusalem at the time In fact if he was not there one day They would say where is this lame man He has been here every single day Where is he His friends carried him, he would kneel down there or sit down there uh, and he would beg for money. Arms for the poor please. Uh, Anybody got a spare coin uh, for something to eat please. And so at this beautiful location people would come every single day, a number of times a day to this location, to the temple to be able to pray. They probably would have known him and would have called him by name. They would have said, uh, here is something uh, so you can look after yourself. Again, we know that he was crippled from infancy, never able to run or play, always carried by somebody. And at that time, if you were born that way, you were probably regarded as cursed. And so... The father had the authority and the right to say When this baby was born Lame as a baby and child was He could say I don't want this child But they decided to keep this child uh, According to tradition And so kept this kid But at a, for over 20 years He was carried by his mates And was a fixture At this beautiful place Still he was a man In misery Secondly, we see this lame man's medicine. In verse 3 we read, When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. Peter and John were on their way to the temple to pray, and the Bible says in the ninth hour or three o'clock in the afternoon, saw this crippled man, and he asked them for money. Peter, John, or he wouldn't have said their names, any spare money, please. Do you have some money, please? And that would have been his Uh, mantra every day day in and day out have you got some money for me uh, to to look after me please Um, but you find the the interesting response by by Peter and John very interesting response and and they say in in verse 6 silver or gold I do not have but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk very interesting uh, response by these two men. And what what provoked this response was just recently an interaction with the Holy Spirit. It was the day of Pentecost. A week before that, they had received the Holy Spirit. They'd seen the amazing work of God at hand. They'd seen what Jesus had promised in John 14, that he would give them the paracletos, the comforter, the helper, was fulfilled at Pentecost a week before that and now they're going to the temple to praise Jesus and to preach the good news and here they come across this lame man and here he's asking for money and they say, silver or gold, we have none. So my impression was always, where would this uh, lame man expect to to have Peter and John give them a piece of gold, a bar of gold or a bar of silver? But if you look at those two Greek words, actually they, they all end off with round, but it's silver plated round coin or gold. Plated round coin. Peter and John would have had coins in their pockets, I think, but they're saying, listen, you have a greater, deeper spiritual need, my friend, rather than just your feet to be made whole and walk. There is a need for Jesus Christ. There is a need for something deeper. And I think there's a major lesson for you and I to learn. And that is that Jesus Christ needs to come into every single person's heart way more than we need to stand, rise, and walk. And I say that with respect and sensitively. Because you can be walking and miss the boat. You could be walking and standing and running. And you can have everything that the world can offer you and still miss eternity. Sir, layman, silver coin, gold coin, I don't have. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Wow, something extremely profound. Something extremely profound. So we begin to see the importance of this name of Jesus Christ. And that's the title of the sermon this evening. So, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. That word, "rise up," a hero, collect your faculties, come to your senses, roll over as if you have come to a new life. Rise up and walk. Awake from your slumber, as it were. As it were, friends, there are a couple of reasons why the name of Jesus and the names were important in those days. One of them was uh, a record. Uh, Of the person's birth And so you could have been called joy Because of the the joy that your parents uh, would have had When uh, they gave birth to you at the time So the name related to birth Others would have been called sorrow Perhaps because of the trauma that uh, mom might have gone through Giving birth to you Uh, And so all different names And so names were important at the time uh, other times, the person's reaction uh, to to the child. Uh, amazement or whatever it could have been at the time, but a parent's reaction. Uh, other times, you were given a name to secure the solidarity of family ties. And their family together. And so, you would often have a first name and a second name. And so, if I were to be born at that time, I would be Peter. John, because my father is John, so Peter, son of John, Christophides. My sister, funny enough, would have been Stella, John, Christophides. Crazy. And sadly, in our Greek culture and our Greek family, I hope it stops, I hope it stopped ages ago actually, my sisters went to school and their middle name was John. How sad is that? Because that's what the culture learned But the importance of a name Because my dad's got a twin brother Or had a twin brother And his first born son was Peter And his second Their middle name was Andrew And so we were Peter Big Peter Middle Because the second one And the, my dad's youngest brother Also had a son Guess what his name was Peter, for a change. And so it all because our grandfather was Peter and it gets handed down through the ages. So you keep the solidarity. So when our son was born, we had to call him John after my late father. But we broke protocol um, to the dismay of my mother-in-law. And uh, because we struggled to have the little guy and somebody prophesied over my wife and said, by December you'll be pregnant and you will call him Michael, Michael, Hebrew name for messenger of God or one who is like God and Maria, you'll be pregnant by December and we promised to call him Michael instead of John. So he would have been John, son of Peter Christophides but we called him Michael John Christofides. The importance of a name and the inheritance of a name was very, very important at the time. To the shock and dismay of my mother in law, and I, she's still doing her cross. No, this one is not right. Your father not going to be happy. But so what, mom? He's 12 years old. He's Michael. <laughs> also, biblical names were used to communicate God's message. You named a certain person to communicate a message across. Other times, you, you had a Bible name um, to establish an affiliation with God. Something secure about your relationship with God. And then also, and we see now, uh, in the name of Jesus, authority. The power over with, with reference to a name. Because it can often indicate a new beginning. Uh, I had a friend in South Africa, uh, a Jewess. She didn't believe in Jesus and she had a certain name. And once she came to faith in Christ, she changed her name, showing this new identity. Now, in the Bible, we have over 256 names for the name of Jesus. And I think the understanding there is that because one name... Cannot explain the power and authority and the sovereignty of such an awesome being by the name of Jesus Christ. And so he's infinitely beyond anything you and I can ever imagine or even express with our mouths. And so we remember Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Where the angel comes to Mary and says, Mary you will bear a son and I'll quote, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And so the name of Jesus is infinitely glorious because of what it represents. And so why did the angel tell Mary uh, and Joseph to name the baby Jesus? Well maybe because uh, of the holy significance of the sound and the sequence of the letters. No. No. Because of the meaning. Or maybe the name Jesus uh, made some beautiful phonetic sound. Absolutely not. It's because of the meaning and the significance of the name of Jesus. Let me explain to you for a second what the importance of that name is. You see, Jesus is the translation into English of the Greek word, Jesus, And Jesus is a translation of the Hebrew, Yeshua. Or what we have is the English word Joshua, if you like. Which means bridge builder. It means mediator and reconciler. That's the name of Jesus. And so when you look at Yeshua, it's put together by two Hebrew words. Yahweh, which means the sovereign Lord God Almighty. Or Yahweh, Yahweh. Because there's no vowels In the Hebrew language, but we say Yahweh, but actually those four letters, W, or no, Y, H, W, H, Yahweh, because God is spirit, but also, so that's Yahweh, and Yasha, meaning savior, and so we call him Yeshua, why, because he will come and save his people from a lost eternity, His name is Jesus. And so the name of Jesus is significant because of who it represents. It means God our Savior. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, who came down in John 1.14 and came and dwelt among us. The name that is above every other name. And at the name of Jesus, we said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's what will happen. And praise the Lord, he came knocking on our heart's door. And we voluntarily bow the knee to the name of Jesus. The name above every other name. In the more recent advocate, I was reading a story about one of my friends, Rory Stain. And Rory was the first white bodyguard of Nelson Nelson Mandela. And I was reading the story and it was quite interesting and it's... kind of on page 12, you can grab one on the way out. It says, one step behind Mandela. And Rory tells his story of how he got to be the first bodyguard of Nelson Mandela. And then he says, he learned so much from Nelson Mandela, he's so grateful. And then it says at the end here, Essentially, though I'm just a family guy, trying to make a difference wherever and whenever I can, I owe Jesus and Madiba, which is the nickname for Nelson Mandela, I owe Jesus and Madiba both that much I love Rory he's far stronger than I am but no one can compare to the name of Jesus because you cannot go around saying in the name of Nelson Mandela be made well in fact I've got a picture here eat your heart out Dan Patterson hair moustache sitting next to Nelson Mandela autographs later listen listen one cannot go around boasting that you know this person or that person, and using that person's name to cast out demons, to say this, that, and or anything else, because there is one name, the name of Jesus. Now, let me remind you what it says in Philippians chapter two, verses five and to eight. It says, "Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus." Talking about the humility of Christ, the selfless humility. Who, though he was in form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Geno is the word there. He made himself empty, void of no reputation. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, being found in human form. He humbled himself. That word humbled, tapeno, he depressed himself, not depressed as in the clinical depression we might get. No, but he deflated himself, if you like, depressed himself, brought himself to a lowly position where the current understanding of, of humility is that you're so flat on the ground that only Jesus Christ in you sticks out. Isn't that beautiful? You're so flat on the ground, humility, that only Jesus Christ in you sticks out. And that's what Jesus did. Humbling himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Not only is this unmatched humility, but you see this infinite exaltation in the next uh, couple of verses from Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Iperipso is the word. Iper, a preposition in the original. Iper meaning up. Ipso. Over, double understanding there, double strength there. What is he saying there? Above and beyond, above and supremely elevated is what that word means. Elevated above every other, rise to the highest position. Do you get that? Therefore God has Highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. And under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The word Christ there, Christos meaning Messiah, that was promised in the Old Testament. One who would come, who would be anointed To be the Messiah, his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord. The word Lord, Kyrios, controller, supreme one, Lord, master, God himself. You get it? What's he saying here? Because of who Jesus Christ is, God has exalted him to the highest place. You cannot compare And with all due respect, the name of Nelson Mandela, Gandhi, Muhammad, any other person, to the name of Jesus Christ, said with absolute respect. Because he's the name above every other name. And the creator of the universe has has, uh, uh, exalted him over and above every other name. You see... We need to praise the name of Jesus, our awesome Savior, because He is worthy. And the word worthy meaning, you know what, He weighs way more. He's glorious. He's worthy to be made famous to the ends of the earth. His name is Jesus Christ. Because of that resurrection power, there was that healing power that Peter and John could have to tell the man in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You see, it's in the name of Jesus that means by virtue of Christ's character, his authority and his power. So they, Peter and John, witnessed firsthand, just before that, the power and awesome uh, grace of God through the downpouring of the Holy Spirit. You see, as they walked, they knew with absolute confidence, and they had the gift of faith. And folk, I say this with respect, it's got to do with who Jesus is, Rather than my faith. I don't put my faith in the healing, I put my faith in the name of Jesus. Some get healed, others don't. I don't fathom that. It's God's prerogative. But one thing I do fathom the power lies in the name of Jesus, the name above every other name. And at that name, we bow, I bow down our knee this evening. We have the layman's misery, we have his medicine. But then we see that amazing miracle. We see this lame man walking in verses 7 and 8. And the Bible says that, that in a flash immediately, taking him by the hand, uh, he helped him up. And instantly uh, the man began to uh, leap up, stood, and he began to walk. His bones received strength. He was leaping and walking. We see the lame man praising in verses 8 and 9. And that word praising God and uh, now means extolling him and recommending the name of Jesus to everybody else. Isn't that amazing? You know what? I was lame, but now I can walk. I recommend Jesus. Look at the television, they recommend this, that. Burgers are better somewhere else, this, that, the next thing. But who recommends Jesus to anybody else? Friends, please, it needs to be you and I who have experienced the power, that resurrection power of the name of Jesus. And we're able to recommend this name, because he's the name that is above every other name. You see, this man, the only thing he could do was worship Jesus. To give him worth. To say, "He, I glorify Jesus because I've sensed his presence. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. I was lame, but now I can walk Spiritually, I was blind, but now I can see, as it were. I was deaf, but now I can hear his name is Jesus. And he went around making the name of Jesus famous and recommending the name of Jesus to everybody he came into touch with. He was testifying, the Bible says, when all people saw him walking and praising, they began to ask certain things. Later on in 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 chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, we see uh, Peter and John put in prison. And I love the way chapter 4 starts off explaining that they're put in prison. But then in verse 4, it says, how be it? Another f- nice word would be, but many of them which heard and, and the word believed. And the number of men was about 5,000. They were put in prison, captive audience, beautiful. How many of them came to faith? About 5,000. Wow. The name of Jesus has power, my friends. It has power. And what were they praying for? Lord, keep us safe in prison? No. Chapter 4, verse 29 to 31, the apostles prayed to have boldness. That beautiful word, parisia, which means freedom. To be fearless with confidence to preach the name of Jesus so people can experience it. And then finally we see the reaction of the people in verses 9 to 11. They were filled with wonder. They knew this lame man for so many years would sit at the gate. Now he comes into the temple. And the Bible says that these people were filled with wonder. Thamvos. They were dumbfounded and astonished. They were dumbfounded and astonished. Astonished, and that word is used twice first to be dumbfounded and astonished, and then second time they were astonished. Is, is the English word, the Greek word, ek Why do I mention that? Because they were the second time utterly astonished, utterly dumbfounded, and in fact, it says they were filled with wonder and amazement. Young people, you want to take some drugs? Here it is, ecstasis is the Greek word there. We get the English word, ecstasy. Take Jesus, you'll be filled with ecstasy. Take that. I'll get a rebuke later. It comes from the Bible, please. It says in verse 10, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder, thambos, and amazement at what had happened to him. This word, ecstasis, means displacement of mind or trance. That makes sense. (laughs) The Bible's always a step ahead of somebody else, by the way. They were filled with ecstasy. Why? Because they recognized this man had been touched because of the name of Jesus. The people were left speechless. Something strange had happened that day. Strange because Jesus had come and touched this man. Two apostles were going to pray, no gold coin, no silver coin, but in the name of Jesus. And when people saw this, they were astonished. Friends, when we use the name of Jesus, people will be filled with wonder and astonished. People go and claim certain healings today, certain fake things, and the television cameras and the newspapers run after this fakeness. But it's the name of Jesus that's important. Alan Emery, who's not only been successful in business, but had devoted much of his time to providing leadership to many Christian organizations, is highly respected as a shrewd yet kind man. And this is credit to his father. Alan recalls taking an extended train trip as a youngster. One morning in the dining car, he heard his father himself an imported businessman comment that the porter seemed to be in pain and walked with a limp the poor man it turned out was suffering from an infected ingrown toenail and so the story goes where this man just a simple businessman not a doctor goes and brings this porter into his carriage and manages to take his shoe and his sock off and cuts that ingrown toenail out and begins to talk to this porter and as the story continues, the porter is asked about uh, whether he knows Jesus. And the porter says, my mother knows Jesus. She's a woman of prayer, and I'm sure she's praying for me. She's a churchgoer. But I've not known Jesus the way my mother knows Jesus. And so this man is able to lead uh, this person to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he touches his toe. And he comes out and he explains to this young man... His father touched the porter's toe. And he says, well, while he was dressing my toe, your daddy asked me if I loved the Lord Jesus. I told him my mother did, and the story goes on. As I saw your daddy carefully bandaging my foot, I saw love that was Jesus' love, and I knew I could believe it. We got down on our knees and we prayed, and now I know that I'm important to Jesus and that he loves me. With that, the porter burst into tears again, when he sob subsided, he looked over at Alan and said, "You know, boy, kindness in the name of Jesus can make you cry. Kindness in the name of Jesus can make you cry. The name of Jesus took a beggar and touched his life and turned him around physically, but more important, spiritually. As you sit here this evening, I wonder if you've been touched by Jesus. I wonder when last you've been touched by Jesus. I wonder what you're putting your faith and trust in. We'll have communion in a short while. And I want to go back to verse 4 in the story. Because as I was looking at this passage a number of times, I began to, to think, what, what do I share with you at the communion table? Well friends, it says in, in chapter 3 verse 4, Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, talking about this lame man, with John said, look on us, look on us. Because you know what, we don't have silver, we don't have gold, but what we do have, we give you, and all we have is the name of Jesus. As we come to this table this evening, I wonder who we are fastening our eyes on. That word fastening his eyes, Atenizo, perhaps we get the English word attention from, he gazed intently at this man. He looked earnestly and steadfastly at this man. That word Atenizo means he set his eyes upon this man. Why? Because God had given him that gift of faith and said, Jesus, I need you now, please. I don't have silver, I don't have gold, but in the name of Jesus, that's all I've got right now because that's what I'm full of. Touch this man. And he prayed and helped this man up and he told this man, or as as he put his attention fastly in this man, I don't wanna read too much into this verse, but what are you and what am I putting our atenizo? What are we fixing our eyes on? Are we fixing our eyes on Jesus or are we fixing our eyes on something else? Because it's as if Jesus is saying, look at me, look at me. Look what I've done for you. Yes, you have got a mountain before you, atenizo. Fix your eyes on me, don't fix your eyes on the mountain. Do you have a job situation, a bad relationship that is a mountain in front of you? Atenizo, put your eyes on Jesus, not on the mountain and the obstacle, sickness, diseases. Put your eyes on Jesus because what he did for you and for me on the cross is way more, way more than that obstacle that you and I are faced with. The disciples, the Last Supper, were with Jesus. He took the bread, after giving thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body that is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Friends, that's love. That's attention. That's worth gazing upon this evening. Same way, he took the cup, the cup of the new covenant, this new promise. Atenizo, gaze upon Jesus. Fasten your eyes on him because there is something special about the blood of Jesus. It cleanses us so we don't need to go to a lost eternity. His name is Jesus Christ. Silver and gold you might not have in your pocket. Frustrations is what you might have. Trauma is what you might have. But hey, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that your eyes will be opened to the awesomeness of who Jesus Christ is. Let's pray together. Our Father, we look on you this evening. Lord, we pray that you will come and touch us in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The name that is above every name. And Lord, we bow down the knee to the name of Jesus this evening. Thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege of putting our our attention to you, of looking at you and you alone. Lord, as we drink of this cup and eat of this bread, Lord, symbolizing your blood and your body, we pray, Lord, that you will touch us, heal us. If there is anything that is lame or broken or not working in our lives, Lord, I pray that you will restore it to full health, Lord and that the, the blind spiritual eyes will see, the deaf spiritual ears will hear, Lord, and those lame things, as it were, will come to life again, and they will be healed because of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that went to the cross of Calvary for us. Thank you, Lord, for your, your body. Thank you for your blood that sets us free. We gaze upon you, and we put our attention on you this evening.